0: You are listening to the fourth episode of Waves of Change Modern Perspectives in Asian American Psychology. Hi, welcome back, everyone. Today, um, I'm Diana Chu, I'm a therapist in San Francisco, and today we have Lee. Lee is a psychologist in San Francisco as well.
1: Absolutely. And we're here today to talk about a very f- interesting topic that is impacting a lot of adults and also the youth in our community and that is um, friendship and different approaches to friendship or in in clinical terms peer issues or peer problems.
0: In my personal experience or in, in our experiences we we find that like friendships are viewed very differently in different cultures. There is like the individualistic kind of approach to friendship and then the col- collective approach to a friendship coming from a collective background going into an individualistic culture the viewing of friendship is different and there's like clashes all the time
1: absolutely and it can be very painful for a lot of folks mm. myself included when there are pre-established expectations in 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 one approach of friendship that's not being fulfilled when you make that shift. So then, you know, arise from that. a lot of self doubt. What's wrong with me? Why do people not like me? So a lot of times we do, we do see that. you do see that in the therapeutic room.
0: Well, talking about like both things, both sides of friendship doesn't mean that one is better or the other is like one is better or the other is worse, but it's just a different perspective of how, the clashes happen and the expectation that you just said, the expectation of friendship is different. People sometimes feel, feel like surprised by what they are experiencing emotionally and also in different. In, in different worlds you know
1: to describe this i think diane here found a little excerpt by uh, dr wing su um i'm definitely a fanboy here and <laughs> we, yeah let's talk about let's will you present a little bit about what dr su said about the the topic of friendship
0: yeah i still remember we we saw him together in evolution of psychotherapy and mm-hmm. uh one one thing that strikes me most is that he was talking about the Differences of um, Americans value of friendship, like how they value equality and informality in relating to others, and friendships attend to be many and of short commitments, non-binding and shared. So it is like a, a, the rights and duty in a group um, are influenced by one goals. Like like there's like the the application, it's limited. In Asian culture, the friendships are more intense and of long-term and exclusive. So there's a lot of uh, stress about hierarchical ranking, formality, and status. And I think one thing that hits home for me is the obligation. It's about like the obligation as a friend in the Asian culture. So if a friend is going to call you at 3 a.m. in the morning and said, Hey, Diana, I need your help. You wake up and go and find that friend. Um, that's mm-hmm. how that's how I see it.
1: That's something that does impact us uh, quite immensely. For me, for example, um, I have a very hard time making that shift initially. But it was mm. after long, prolonged exposure to having a lot of non-Asian friends that I realized that what keep us, the bond that keep us together, is very little to do with my personhood and their personhood but it has more to do with what we decide to do together mm. so i will have uh baseball friends for example and then when the season's over when we're done well we just don't talk to each other anymore and that's normal and next year notice the season comes again okay now we have a very common theme we can share again but it it's interesting i call them seasonal friends
0: seasonal i call them uh summer camp friends mm-hmm. like so so remember when you're young you go to a summer camp and then you tell everyone like at the end of the of the camp you're like oh man we're gonna keep in contact and like we're gonna be best friend forever and then you have mm-hmm. like exchange contacts and like your email or like your phone number and then after a few few weeks you forget each other already not that you forget them but you don't keep contact with them when summers come again then maybe they'll see you, maybe you'll see them, but it's never guaranteed. guarantee.
1: And I think the obligation piece, you're speaking to that too, where in the more uh, Asian approach to friendship, there is an expectation, obligation that, yeah, if I call you, I will call you. And it's something, you expect my call, and then I'm expect to call you. This is just understood. And to not do that seems very bizarre. Uh, mm. and I, I and i did have that uh in america i do remember uh in the fifth grade myself in fifth grade i agreed to have this friend come over the weekend to hang out and have a like a sleepover situation and you know th- this guy was my buddy you No, know, we hang out all the time mm-hmm. and when a weekend came he never called me and i was i was confused because i have all these games planned and all these activities planned he just didn't show up now of course i was very butthurt but my dad said something to me that he said he told me that in america i am not i'm not say i'm not an obligation i am an option the mm. friendship is an option that he choose a different option than me it doesn't mean i'm good or bad it's just that he always have an option to choose otherwise and then I have option to, uh, choose as well. So, and I'm like, well, that's really, that's really difficult. Imagine if you agree to hang out, I can choose not to hang out with you last minute. And you, or you can choose not to host anymore. And, but then that's the nature of friends I see in, 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 in America.
0: It's painful. Very
1: much. Your fifth, yeah.
0: your fifth grade. Like little, like Dr. Lee. It's like crying inside. I Dr. Dr. Mini
1: Lee. Yeah, Dr. <laughs> Mini Lee is. I was not, well, I was not, I was really, I was really upset. I was really upset. And um, there's an old Chinese saying, Uh, 清兴道大, yeah? 清兴道大. Dai, uh, So it's kind of like treating your friends as if they're your brothers. Yes. Like uh, treating your friends to the extent of your brothers. I remember being told that that doesn't exist anymore. We don't do that anymore. That's too old school in the West. And, as hurtful as that is, it's it's true. It, it's and uh, yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. I
0: kind of experienced something similar
1: uh, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. well,
0: uh, but I think because I experienced it when I'm like an adult, um, so I could like separate that and say, okay, that's what that is. What's happening right now is the cultural perspective is a little bit different uh, in terms of the friendship of how we see things. Um, even though I. I talked to my own therapist about it, about like, oh, oh no, like what happened? But it actually makes me reflect on how I see friendship and also makes me think and value more about the friendships that I have established when I was young in Hong Kong. Because personally, I do prefer those long-term, intense, committed friendship. I might have not seen them for a long time because I, I live in San Francisco, but whenever I call them and say, "Hey, I need help," uh, they will actually drop everything, give me a call, or or like talk to me, and still feeling the intense emotions and friendships and commitment uh, between us. It, it seems like I have a preference here, Lee, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm not sure if that's right or wrong.
1: Um, well, mm-hmm. well, like you said, there's no right or wrong. I have to don't different, uh, different preference. I yeah. I prefer a combination of the two. I prefer, just kind of share a little bit about me. I'm very introverted. I'm extremely introverted. For me, my friends that I get along with the most are are those who really see me as the person I am, that I, someone who needs a lot of personal space, someone who, really enjoys spending time by himself. I have friends who acknowledge that and then they give me the space and then they will come see me. Like for example, my best friend, we see each other once every two months. And that's enough for us. We just spend time catching up and it's very intense very rewarding but we do not need qual a uh, quantity. We just need quality. That's how I prefer it. Yeah, compared to my little brother, my little brother who has a lot of friends and I love him to bits. Uh, he enjoys having friends around all the time. So for him, is not he needs both quality and quantity. I think it really is up to what works best for you.
0: You know, like it's difficult to to know how the other person is perceiving it too. Like you don't like go to have a new friend and you say, okay, what's your obligation about friendship? <laughs> uh, can we lay it down for everyone so that we could like have a similar uh, expectation of the friendship so we're not hurt by each other? You know, like that is so difficult because like we don't do that in like a uh, modern world. It is a guessing game all the time. I wanted it to be transparent. It's too
1: much to ask for. I don't I don't know. I I feel like I feel like that transparency does have place in the relationship. I'm I'm just unsure how we can introduce that into the dialogue uh, upon first meeting. I, I my my understanding is that it's it's quite natural, right? Like you you set up a hanging out with somebody and if they don't show the first time, you don't show the second time, it kind of gives you an understanding on how they navigate through their peer relationships yeah uh, so yeah it, it's kind of that way and some people are not good friends at the moment maybe something's going on in their family life or they're very busy or whatever is going on but that's that you know that's something that changes, fluctuates i believe throughout our life
0: yeah and like in different stages of our lives it it's becomes different.
1: And I do, I do re- notice that at least my parents, after they got, after they got married, after they immigrated to America, they have very little friends. They, they really don't have much friends. They have like, what, from the past 20 years, I think they have like five couple friends. And all they do is just go yum from time to time when they go, <laughs> you know, skiing or snowboarding. But on a day to day hangout it's very different than compared to say my uncle who lives in Hong Kong, Like he go and hang out with his friends almost every single day. So it's a, it's a very different dynamic just by the where you live.
0: Yeah, you're right. Like my parents in Hong Kong, they actually um, will go and join uh league and like lawn bowling club and stuff like that. And that's how they find friendship uh, when they're older. I, I think there is a, we're speaking to different qualities of friendship and like different generations see friendship differently like i could imagine um our children you know our next generation they might see friendship totally different in terms of like how the digital world is like and you could have online friends you know like the people that you never meet in, in personally uh, or like friends from different cultures from uh, across the globe and that mm-hmm. influenced how people interact and network in day-to-day base and I could see that coming up uh, in the future
1: taking well taking that into therapy what I do see right now is online problems yeah. online social problems someone posted something about me or something post someone posted something about my girlfriend my boyfriend and uh, and this person send me a DM about this. And I feel like in our field, we're not really equipped with handling that kind of social interaction and that kind of uh, uh, inter- interpersonal process over the internet. Because when I have a conversation with you, I'm having a conversation with you. But online, it's very different that this conversation is not only saved, but can be duplicated. It can be shown to other people. Yeah, And, and then that really does impact the quality of that interpersonal relationship mm. that's formed online. Now, I'm not saying online friends are important. It's important. It's just different.
0: Mm. Recently, mm-hmm. I do have a client who um, met a friend who they actually never met before. It was like by a, a coach that they actually connected with each other. Um, and then um, they actually have like long emails, conversation about their career, about their uh, family, about their relationship, because they never seen each other before. There's this openness to what they're experiencing, because they don't need to pretend that they're, you know, they're someone else. And when uh, and the other person is like interested in in them through the internet, through emails only, not even like voice or like video calls, um, they're able to pour their pour their true self into these writings. And I was so surprised by that, uh, personally. And they could like write emails like 11, 13 pages long each week to each other. So that's rare.
1: Well, yes, it is. At the same time, we did have PenPal for many, many <laughs> years. So that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's, it's essentially the same thing, but the delivery process is instantaneous versus taking several weeks to get yeah. there. But it's, it's still... That human connection is still, it's very complicated and powerful, I believe. And whenever there is some a patient who has uh, challenges in this particular realm, I always ask myself, what mode of communication are we talking about here? Because mm. someone can have great interpersonal face-to-face talking, but terrible online experiences. And someone can be really kind. What, what I'm seeing now is a lot of young, young people. Yeah, I'm saying so old. A lot of young folks <laughs> that I work with, they have phenomenal online presence. But when you use meet them in person, um, they're super
0: awkward. Anxiety,
1: super awkward. And all these anxieties start coming out. uh, That's not there on their online persona. So that's, that's happening for us right now too.
0: Yeah. So we're touching on a very interesting question. We're defining friendship and then uh, talking about friendship in different cultures. And now we're talking about the future and like how it's influencing uh, the therapy friendship issues that come up in fr- in therapy um, mm-hmm. i know that you you work with the younger kids i wonder is the value of friendship different now
1: from my experience the value of friendship is not different uh, i feel like the newer generation have a very clear understanding Of what kind of friend this is. They even Mm. said, this is my Facebook friend, right? This is my school friend. Uh, and this is my lifelong friend. I feel like these are, these little labels is, uh, is an organization of my relationship or this, their relationship with the person. And I think it's very helpful. Because uh, we because the word friend is so over like overarching, yeah, yeah. I think having these little terms allow them to re navigate through the the complexity of peer relationships.
0: Mm. So you're talking about lifelong friends, or hockey friends, or baseball friends, right?
1: Uh, right. And it's interesting because they can be like, oh yeah, no, this is John. And John is my lifelong friend and my hockey friend. Mm-hmm. So that communicates to me there are season like a, a, a section of their relationship is seasonal They talk about hockey when it's hockey season. Mm-hmm. And when it's not hockey season, then the attention of the focus of the relationship shifts to something else.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So that's that speaks to complexity. And I feel like it does honor it in a way.
0: Yeah, you also, also reminds me of a diagram that I actually use to communicate with teenagers on the spectrum about mm-hmm. friendships. So you know they like they don't know how to understand the, like the relational piece, right? So I have to explain to them there's like the inner circle, like where you talk about stuff with your family. And then there's like outside the family, there is like relatives, there is like really, really close friends, and then not so close friends, friends that you only see once a week, friends that you see every other year, you know, like, or, or like strangers, like helping them they, to navigate that. And it's like a bullseye a format, so that they know, like, I could ask them, hey, so you have this friend here, where do you place them? and their, how, mm-hmm. how their interaction is different. So that really helps on like placing friendship and how do you define your experience and how you're impacted by it.
1: I think that is a good solution for acculturation in terms of merging the individualist, individualistic approach to friendship and the collectivistic approach to friendship mm-hmm. because those are linear versus what you're describing is... A circle is flexible, it's non-rigid, and it gives the decider or the owner, the individual, the opportunity to move people in and out of this circle.
0: Yes. This year, you might be closer when like, you're older, when like, 10 years later, you might be further away or even closer than, than before. So that you can move like it's like a chess piece.
1: They it come can, it can closer. They move away. Some drop off. Some yeah, you know, stay on. And
0: then also wondering like, how do you move a stranger into an inner circle, like a closer circle, right? So there are steps that you have to. There are steps that you have to take. Like you have to hang out with them. You have to talk to them. Understand them. You know. So that actually have a clear structure for um for kids or like teenagers to understand friendship
1: and for adults. Uh, I feel like the way that it's understood, it's like, okay, it's like this. I want to argue against this idea of hanging out, creating Mm. more deeper relationship, because I don't believe that. I really don't. Uh, What I do believe is... What happens during a hangout? More specifically, what is the vulnerability factor here? Like, mm-hmm. can a person become vulnerable, and then are there reinforcement to their vulnerability? Are there protective factors? Like, if you're vulnerable, I'm able to protect you, and vice versa. This exchange, this sharing of humanness, I mm-hmm. think that's what really builds the connectivity. Yeah. And I think that also speaks back to my my perception of the differences between American approach to friendship and a lot of asian approach to friendship is the the idea of small talk Where we go hang out at the bar and we small talk i don't really find that s- rewarding because mm-hmm. we're not really talking about anything we're just existing yeah and then we're but, there you drink
0: but lee <laughs> you ahead. need some like board game friends or like drinking friends as well where you only talk about small talks and you, on, you don't go deep so there there's different layers to that right Um, Some people prefer to have those friends. Like 90% of their friends are like that and only 10% is like deep talk, you know, like vice versa. I, I see that you have the preference of going deep when compared to like just hanging out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, th- again, that speaks to personal preference. Yeah. And, and when th- the topic we we're talking about earlier was uh, how to bring someone, a stranger, deeper into the circle, and my, so my argument is still uh, not hanging out with them more per se, but having meaningful relational, yeah, uh, uh, like experiences with them. That's what brings them in. And also, just just for my own sake, right? I feel like I can hang out by myself off, like just <laughs> fine. You know, I can. I can talk to myself if I really want to. I can small talk myself. So, you know, if I'm hanging out with you, I'd rather talk about something that it's more meaningful than me just talking about the weather. But I comment on the weather right now if I want to, which is sunny and it's decent.
0: I have, you know, like I have two dogs right now. And uh, now I have, like, dog community because I hang out at the park, at the dog park. I really don't know those people, like, who, who bring their dog, but I know their dog. And it seems like I know this community because, because I see them all the time. It doesn't mean that, like, I, I really know them. They're, like, my friends. It's a very loose definition of friends. Like, how, how do you define that? But I, I found that that's rewarding. That's rewarding as well. Yeah.
1: Rewarding. Okay. Yeah. 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 Acquaintance. Professional Acquaintance. acquaintances. Professional doggy acquaintances. All right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember reading this article one time. It's really funny that um they, they look at a subway train uh for a morning commute. And then this one guy said, I, I see everyone in this car, this specific car for 20 years. I see them every morning for 20 years uh, on the way to work. But I don't know their name. I never spoke to a lot of them. Imagine seeing someone for 20 years every single day, well, on the work days, every single work day, for a good 30 minutes every morning and you don't know their name. But if they're not there, you know something happened.
0: Yeah. So are we craving for connection or not?
1: We are. I think we are. I think we're constantly craving for uh, for attention, uh, for validation. And we're told that we don't need it, we don't deserve it, and then wanting attention is bad. Uh, and and what and all that BS. End of the day, we it's we're human and wanting connection, wanting love for one another is a very basic human need. Mm-hmm. And I think in therapy, that's what we're striving to provide:
0: the human
1: connection, that very authentic human connection
0: that you could talk some uh, talk about things which are deep, be reflective and be aware mm-hmm. and be able to like see what is the relationship at the moment is like
1: we want to be a friend but also not a friend
0: <laughs> is that what it is like therapists we want to be your friend but not your friend we are we want your to be a friend,
1: not your friend yes
0: <laughs> that's a good ending
1: that's a great ending